Good morning and welcome to Car Thoughts with David. Uh, this is episode number 79 and uh, thank you guys so much for listening, for tuning in, for being a part of my show every day and you know, it means the world to me that you guys are listening. You know, I say this every episode, it doesn't change the fact that it's true. <laughs> I really do appreciate that you guys listen to the show and it means it means so, so much. Um yeah, I mean, it's just been really great and fantastic these last couple of days. I feel rejuvenated. I feel energized. Um, you know, not just for my vacation per se, but also I've just met some really incredible people and been able to be on some phone calls with some really awesome people. And, uh, you know, it's just really made everything worthwhile. It's made everything uh, make sense again. Um, you know, because I just, I felt like, you know, maybe I'm not on the right track. You know, you get those moments of self-doubt and you you th- think that, you know, oh, well, maybe I'm not doing the right thing. Nobody's really being responsive. Nobody's doing this, you know, or I'm not getting a lot of response. And what I'd come to realize is, is it doesn't matter how many people respond. It doesn't matter how many people listen. It doesn't matter how many people view your videos or check out your posts it, it, as long as it reaches one person the one important person that that message is meant to reach that's what's important now granted do i want it to reach 10 15 hundred thousand a million people yes um but that's that's not the uh that's not the end goal that's not the end result that i have to have you know and i think maybe i just got too much into my own head or something i'm not really sure but you know it just it was good to get away and kind of unplug, even though I stayed very active on social media the whole time I was the whole time I was on vacation. The whole time I was in uh, in Florida, I was very, very plugged in. And of course, I'm getting ready to go on another trip. I know I said I wouldn't uh, volunteer for any more overtime, um, but this isn't really the traditional type of overtime that you would think of, hence the reason why I... Um, you know, volunteered for it. Uh, basically, I am um, going to uh, um, be going to the beach. I'm going to uh, to uh, the Outer Banks in North Carolina, and I'll be driving up there Thursday, um, doing some work Thursday, doing some work Friday, spending the whole weekend out there doing absolutely nothing. Uh, because, um, you know, obviously nobody's going to be at work um, until that Tuesday. So I'll be there Saturday, Sunday, Monday, just enjoying the beauty of the Outer Banks. I've never actually been before. I've always wanted to go because uh, I'll be at Kitty Hawk and Kill Devil Hills, which is where the Wright brothers flew their test flights when they invented the successful aircraft. Um, you know, so... I've always wanted to go. As a matter of fact, uh, when I was in Germany, um, I went to the Munich National Museum. And one of the things that they had there was a ton of aircrafts. It was basically, this museum was like all of the Smithsonian uh, museums in Washington, D.C. in one ginormous building. Uh, They had planes, they had art, they had... Uh, all kinds of different exhibits they had guitars they had all kinds of musical instruments you know from history and stuff 
uh, it, it was just a phenomenal place. But one of the first areas was the airplanes. And one of the first airplanes in the exhibit was uh, the Wright Brothers Flyer. So I'm standing there looking at it, taking pictures, and people are walking around, and they notice that I'm carrying a book because all the books there are color-coded. So they realize I'm American or I'm English at, at the very least because I've got an English guide to the museum. Uh, that's the color I'm carrying. So they ask me, they're like, oh, you're, you're, you're uh, American, yes? Where are you from? And I, I just looked at the plane and just got this big grin on my face and I pointed, I was like, I'm from there. <laughs> I mean, not, not where the plane was, but I'm from that state. That's, that's the part of the country I'm from. And they were very fascinated. Um, and uh, I actually talked to a couple people for several minutes um, about North Carolina, about the Wright brothers, because obviously being in North Carolina, going to school in North Carolina, a lot of the history stuff that we learned in the earlier grades uh, was sent, a lot of it was local history, like the Wright brothers, uh, Blackbeard, pirates, things like that. Um, we learned a lot about that stuff. So, um, you know, I knew a little bit more than your average person would know about them, and people were fascinated to hear about the story of the Wright brothers. So I shared some of that while I was waiting for my aunt um, and grandmother to get our tickets so that we could venture further into the into the museum. Um, and uh, everyone was super cool. So it was a lot of fun. So I'm actually going to get to go to that place and see those places, see the memorial see the the uh you know i guess they have a full scale model of the of the plane there um as well my sister's told me she's been to the outer banks before because she used to live in norfolk with her husband when they were in the military um so they on their first anniversary uh, went to um to that area and stayed and so uh, yeah, it's really cool. And, and, you know, you might think like, okay, well, David, you live in North Carolina, you live in Charlotte. Why wouldn't you just go to, um, why wouldn't you just go there and visit? And the reason is it's a really long drive. It's a really long drive. I mean, literally I can get almost to Orlando. I can get all the way to my hometown in Ohio in less time than it takes to get to Kitty Hawk. It is in optimum traffic. If you look it up on Google Maps from from where I am in Charlotte, it's about six and a half hours um, in optimum traffic. That's assuming that there is no rush hour traffic. That's assuming there's no wrecks. That's assuming that there's no um, construction, which I know there is some construction uh, that I'll be going through um, in the route, in the route that I'm going through, but yeah, so that's six and a half hours, assuming that there, and that's assuming I don't stop, which I'm sure I'll have to stop and use the bathroom, I'm sure I will have to stop and eat, um, during that process, you know, so, so yeah, so it's, it's a good, um, it's a good haul, <laughs> you know, and generally when thinking of places I'd like to go, like the beach or whatever, Generally, I'd look at like Wilmington or Myrtle Beach or Hilton Head or Charleston, 
all of those locations I can get to in between three to four hours um, from where I'm at. Um, you know, so when it comes to beaches, that part of the Outer Banks really doesn't hit my radar because I mean, if I'm going to drive almost seven hours, I could also go to Rich. Uh, I could go to Norfolk in almost seven hours too. So there's that which Norfolk has a lot of nice areas, Virginia Beach, uh, there's Colonial Williamsburg, um, you know, which is not too far from there. There's, um, you know, one of the uh, NASA bases uh, is right there, um, which I've always wanted to go to. I tried to go to when I visited my sister the last time while she was still living in Norfolk. Um, I happened to be visiting there in September and the day I decided that, hey, let's go, and I didn't even think anything of it. It didn't even cross my mind um, what actual day it was. Um, I told my sister, hey, let's go to the, uh, let's go see Na NASA. Let's go there. And um, didn't look at the date, didn't think of anything of it, didn't, hadn't even turned on the TV or anything. Because had I turned on the TV, I would have known. But it was actually September 11th. And it was a very special September 11th because it was the first anniversary of the Twin Towers and the, the Pentagon. So, you know, nobody, unless they had a good reason to be on any, you know, any type of places like that was going to get in. You know, if you're not going there to show up to work, you're not getting there for a, for a tour, you know, or anything like that because they had it locked down. I mean, literally... Marine guards with shotguns and 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 rifles uh, were there when we tried to pull in, and the Marine just looked at me like, "Are you serious? You didn't know today was September 11th?" I'm like, "Dude, I'm on vacation. I wasn't even thinking about it. I just thought about it. I was like, wow, cool. Yeah, let's go here today. Didn't even cross my mind. Of course, back then, um, technology was a little simpler too. I mean, I didn't have a smartphone." Um, I had a candy bar phone. I had an old Qualcomm. It was actually my first cell phone. Um, it couldn't even... It could text message, but it was so much of a pain to do that I didn't really do it because it had the multi-tap, but it wasn't multi-tap like, you know, like kids that grew up with flip phones right before they got their smartphones are aware of, where it's like you can do it really quick. It was multi-tap like... If you want to say, hi, how are you, you know, that might be a three to four minute text. It'd be quicker and easier just to call them or go, drive to their house or send up smoke signals or um, fly across the country <laughs> and, and meet with them in person. Uh, there were a lot of ways that you could contact somebody a lot easier than texting them uh, back then. So... You know, there wasn't all of that social media. You know, as a matter of fact, social media didn't even really exist. Um, so it was, you know, I mean, I had MySpace, but, you know, I wasn't on it. My sister, I don't even know if she had a computer at that time, come to think of it. She might have. I can't remember. All I remember specifically is the first day I walked in there to her apartment and there were trash bags full of garbage in her um, 
little kitchen dining area. Like, probably 10 or 15 of them. Because she was just too lazy to take the trash out to the dumpster um, in her apartment complex. And I walked in and saw that and started freaking out. Because if you guys have listened to my show at any length of time, you know I've suffered with OCD and some other um, issues. So, yeah, I was like, I can't stay here. This is disgusting. And I basically told her to stop what she was doing. We were going to take all the trash bags to the dumpster and dump them. We were going to clean up the floor and everything and and clean all that. And then I would visit with her. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, um, her husband uh, was uh, on deployment that time in Iraq. So... Um, so yeah, he wasn't there. I'm sure he probably would have made sure that the house didn't end up in that kind of a state. I mean, it wasn't bad. The rest of the apartment was clean. It was just those 10 or 15 trash bags full of trash. And we're not talking about like little trash bags. We're talking the big, you know, full size trash can trash bags. Um, the other thing I remember from that trip, uh, vividly, I don't think I'll ever forget this, is I actually went blind um, while I was there. And uh, that was a terrifying thing, too. And before you ask and before I tell the story, no, I did not sue. I did not pursue any legal rights. I did not go through any type of litigation with this. Um because it was a freak accident that happened and I got my sight back at the end of the day so spoiler alert sorry I should have said that first but I got my sight back um and I haven't had any vision problems since but um my sister and I we went to Bush Gardens and we were riding the Alpengeist roller coaster in Germany and it was, you know, really good. We were having a lot of fun. We came around the corner and the brakes started kicking in, you know, because it was at the end of the actual ride. So I had my head forward a little bit um, just from where the brakes had engaged. And then when my head came back, my head actually slipped off the headrest and uh, I got hit by one of the bolts that holds the over body, you know, the the little rail thing that holds you in place in the roller coaster across your chest. Um, I hit one of the bolts that actually mount that onto the roller coaster framework and, you know, got a concussion from it. Um, I knew I was going to have a concussion. I knew I was going to need... Uh, ibuprofen or or aspirin or something uh, to take um, as soon as the ride came into the station and we could get down the gangplank to go to the uh, the little medical nurses station or whatever at the at Bush Gardens and so I was fine aside from having a throbbing headache as I got off the ride I started walking down the gangplank and utter and total blackness overtook me. I mean, like, I wasn't, like, seeing fuzzy shapes. 
I wasn't seeing light and dark. I wasn't seeing anything. I was completely black out, nothing, pitch black blind. Um, my sister, I knew she was down the gangplank uh, faster than me. I was walking a little bit slowly um, because I had this concussion that was coming on, so I was a little bit disoriented. Um, she did not know I got hit in the head. She did not know any of it. I didn't mention anything. I was just intending, once we got down the gangplank, to pull off the map and look for the nearest first aid station and tell her that we needed to walk in that direction so I could get some ibuprofen. And then we could continue on our way. Um, and, you know, that would be fine. So I called out to her. And I didn't hear anything. You know, at this point I was blind. Um, and I called out louder. I yelled to her. And she finally came back. She heard me. She came back and she said, hey, what's up? And I said, I'm blind. I can't see anything. I need you to find me a bench. And then I need you to go get... Um, ibuprofen and she led me to a bench um, I sat there for what felt like forever because I was trying to stay calm and relaxed as I could but at the same time to just go blind like that to have a concussion to be out in the heat and to be alone, or at least I assumed I was alone because I couldn't see anything, was terrifying. And, you know, I did my best. I just sat there quietly knowing that she would return. I knew that the, there was probably not a first aid station close. I knew she was going to have to find somebody. She was going to have to explain to him why she needed it. She was going to have to sign off on it because most theme parks uh, when you go to get medication from them have you sign a waiver if something happens or a reaction they're not legally liable for you taking that medication um, so she had explained to him what was going on um, I vaguely remember when she came back there was somebody with her from the theme park and they asked me a few questions. They asked me if I was okay. Um, you know, which of course I told them, I said, aside from having a headache and being blind, um, I was fine for right now. I just wanted to take the ibuprofen. So I, they, I had a glass of water, took, took the pills, um, and sat there. My sister sat with me and we talked, you know, she tried to keep me engaged, you know, so I didn't fall asleep or anything, which I didn't. I've had I've had several concussions and um I've never had that like sleepy like I'm going to pass out type feeling. I always am very alert and aware of what's going on. Um so yeah, I I didn't really have a problem with that. And so we sat there and we sat there and I think the person left and told Andrea that if my vision didn't return or if things got worse, 
to give them a call. And so we sat there. And I don't even know how long it was. It was kind of like being in a time deprivation chamber because everything just was moving so slowly or seemed to because I couldn't see what was going on. I couldn't look at my watch. I couldn't look at my cell phone. Archaic as it was with its little black and white calculator type LCD display. Um, You know, I couldn't even... I probably couldn't even have made a phone call because... I would have had to figure out what the numbers were. I would have had to have my sister dial. So we just sat there. And we sat there, and after what seemed to be like a day, <laughs> which in reality, from what I re- from what my sister has told me, was like about two hours we sat there, uh, my vision came back. And... Um, you know, I felt better. I just really wanted to get something to eat. Um, so we went and got something to eat. Um, and then we, we left, you know, I, I figured I was gonna, I needed to take the rest of the day and just relax. So we went out to the parking lot and we got in the car and I insisted on driving. <laughs> this is how stubborn and hard-headed I am. I insisted on driving. And I made it back to the apartment okay. Um, you know, my sister, of course, would have made me get out of the car and let her drive had I been doing anything unsafe. So apparently I drove really well. I don't remember much about the trip. The only thing I remember is in Norfolk, if you've ever been there, you know, you you would know this. If you haven't, I'm going to describe it to you. But for the for the uh, military base there, the they have a really long runway that they need for larger planes. And the runway actually goes across the road, so the road actually drops down and goes under the runway. So I vividly remember this. I remember looking and seeing a plane crossing the street. And of course I was kind of out of it obviously. So I didn't put two and two together. That was the runway for the airport. Um, So I look at my sister and I said Andrea, there's a plane crossing the street. I'm really seeing that, right? You know, like I wasn't sure if that was a hallucination because if it was, I was going to pull over and let her drive. Um, And she said, no, no, it's just the runway. You're cool. Uh, We're going to be going underneath the runway. And I was like, oh, okay, good, good. I just want to make sure I was seeing that. Um, That's the only thing I remember about our drive home uh, back to her apartment. And yeah, it was, it was an interesting experience. Um... You know, like I said, I've had several concussions uh, in my life um, where I've been out of it. Um, I've had several injuries that were pretty bad. Um, But, you know, I just didn't let those things uh, stop me. You know, I just kind of just kept going, you know, and I never went to the doctor for it. 
you know, it just, every once in a while, I'll feel like a little twinge where the bolt hit me, like, maybe once every couple of years, like, I'll be laughing or something, and I'll feel like this little just tingling sensation, um, but beyond that, yeah, it's, it's nothing, you know, it's, it's, it's okay, um, you know, I had an incident uh, where I busted up my leg pretty bad one time. Uh, I was riding my go-kart when I, this was when I was a kid. <laughs> and uh, I was riding my go-kart in the parking lot of one of the high schools. And apparently the marching band decided to practice in the parking lot instead of on the football field. So the director of the marching band walks over, flags me down. I slow down and I stop. And he says, hey, um, we're going to be practicing out here. You can't be riding your go-kart around. And I was like, okay, well, that's fine, whatever, no big deal. Um, I just got to drive it over there to my dad's uh, car so we can load it up and we'll we'll leave. You know, I'd been riding for about 20, 30 minutes anyway, uh, racing around in the parking lot, so no big deal, right? And keep in mind, I slowed down and stopped, so the brakes were working. Um, so I speed off around, make a loop, come back in behind my dad's car, and the brakes didn't work. So I went feet first into the bumper of my dad's car at what I'm guessing is right around 10 to 15 miles an hour. And, you know, I stopped because the chair that I was sitting in in the go-kart stopped or, you know, was keeping me from continuing to go forward uh, or or to bounce backwards because the momentum of the go-kart was still pushing me into the car. Um, you know, physics was trying to prove to me that two things can, in fact, occupy the same space at the same time, and my body was trying to say, no, I'm not really interested in that. <laughs> so um, with that being said, for about two weeks I couldn't walk. Um, I still have some nerve muscle issues with that. I mean, it's not anything major, but, you know, if I push myself too hard, like, you know, carrying something that's way too heavy, which I shouldn't be carrying in the first place because that could cause back injury and permanent injury, even if I was perfectly healthy, um, sometimes I'll twinge and I'll feel that. And, uh, you know, I'll need to sit down and get some water and get some, get some ice and let myself cool down, get a bite to eat, you know, and, uh, but, you know, I just avoid those things, I try, which is something a normal human being should be doing. You shouldn't be trying to lift something that's way too heavy for you to pick up where it says on the box, use two people to lift and I'm picking it up by myself. I shouldn't be doing that anyway. So it just... And I look at it as kind of a blessing. It keeps me from being too stupid when it comes to picking things up um, and protects my back. So that works out. Um, I can walk just fine. I walk a lot. And, uh, you know, I can climb stairs. I don't have any problems. Like I said, it's just if I push myself beyond what my limits are. That's the problem. So, so yeah, I've had some interesting injuries um, I broke my pinky one time in a very unorthodox way. 
literally, I'm sitting there counting down the, the, the money, counting out the tills for the morning. I was working at Toys R Us and uh, get a call over to Walkie Talkie. It was There was just two of us there. There was my um, manager, Tammy, and and me. And so she went back to get the truck bay door open because when the rest of the crew gets in, she wanted to start getting the truck unloaded right away. So she calls me over to radio. David, I can't get the door open. Can you come and try and help? So I, you know, lock up the room. I walk back to the truck bay. I take the strap and I wrap it around my hand and pull. The door's not opening. It is jammed. I cannot figure it out. So I start working on it, wrapping the straps different ways finally get to open and the force wherewith it starts to open is just like it's flying open it is happy to be open it's ready to go it was just kidding before well the strap wraps around my pinky and picks me up off the ground uh, because at the time I weighed if I weighed 110 pounds I, I don't even think I weighed that much probably less than 110 pounds at the time so the strap picks me up off the ground and I'm sitting there hanging as the truck bay door is still going up and then finally once its momentum dies and it hits the end it starts dropping me back down but for for a good you know 20 30 seconds I'm hanging in the air by my pinky uh wrapped around a uh you know a fabric you know, woven fabric strap, like a tie strap, trying to untie myself so I can hit the ground and get get away from from my captor. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so and it turns out it wasn't actually really broken. It was just more sprained really bad. Um, when they did the X-rays, they couldn't find a break. Thankfully. Um, cause I of course had to go to an urgent care and get x-rays done and everything. Cause it was an injury that happened at work. So I had to go and take care of that. I had to wear a splint on my pinky for like two weeks. And that is really annoying. I don't know if you guys have ever had to have a cast or a splint or something like that on, but on your pinky, it's really bad because you don't realize how much you actually use your pinky or how much you, you know, to like hold a cup. <laughs> you know, or a, or a coffee mug, you know, your pinky is an integral piece of that. Um, and to not have it all of a sudden, it throws your balance off. It really, It's weird. I would have never thought about it as being such an integral thing to, uh, to need. Um, but it actually plays a really important role, I found. And, uh, so yeah, and I'm not even sure why I'm sharing these stories with you guys. Um, I could probably share injury stories for hours, um, just weird stuff. But um, you know, I hope this is beneficial or helpful to somebody. Like I said, I'm sure there's that one person that might listen to this and really be interested in it, or or might have a similar story that they're, you know, that they have. Um, and as always, you guys can reach me on social media. Car Thoughts Dave on Twitter and Patreon, or um, I also just started a new website for this show and my other podcast, 
It's called dualpodcasts.wix.com or wixsite.com forward slash website. So I'll put a link in the description as well uh, so that you guys can find it. Um, but, you know, since Facebook's being problematic and they just got hacked recently, I figured why not go and make a, a free website on Wix and I can advertise more of my stuff through that than trying to deal with Facebook and they're constantly shutting down my page. So um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening and I'll catch you guys tomorrow. With that, Car Thoughts out. Hey everybody, David here from Car Thoughts with David and I just want to share some information with you. You guys have heard me talk about finding your way, finding your path, and starting your journey. Well, if you have decided that you want to start your own podcast, you might be thinking, well, David, that's great, but what do I do? How do I do this? You know, what works? What doesn't work, right? Well, I wrote a book, because you can go back and find my episodes where I talk about all this stuff and listen to them, and that's all well and good, but sometimes it's easier just to have it in print where you can just see it, right? So, I wrote the book called Introduction to Podcasting, Lessons Learned, Lessons Shared. You can pick it up on Amazon on Kindle for 99 cents, less than a dollar. What? That's crazy, right? Less than a dollar, you can pick it up on Kindle. If you like to have a print book in your hands and you just like the way it feels, and trust me, I'm looking at this book right now, it's really well printed. I love Kindle Publishing. You can pick it up for $5.50. So you can have a physical copy where you can take notes, where you can you know, keep stuff for quick reference while you're working on creating that awesome epic podcast that I know you're capable of creating. So by all means, if you're looking for ways, you're looking for advice, Introduction to Podcasting, Lessons Learned, Lessons Share is the book for you. Thank you guys. And I could not do any of this without your support. So when I say thank you, I mean it. Thank you.